First time I ever heard this phrase, God is good all the time, was in prison up at Immokalee. Immokalee has, um, I mean, some people are in there for a long time. And so it is, uh, we call it the big house. And so we went to the big house with uh, Brother Boucher, Brother Moon, myself, and Brother Matt Burke and some other people. We did, went over there and had a Christmas program. And I've done other programs there, but they did, but uh, Brother Boucher did a Bible study every week. It's a three-hour round trip, three hours, you know, hour there, hour, hour back. So it's three hours in the evening, get home by 10, 1030. And so they would go over there and do Bible studies with these inmates. And there are going to be some wonderful people in heaven that were incarcerated. Had they not been incarcerated, they may have never been saved. They, they know that. They know that. They were so wild and out of control. And had they not been incarcerated, they'd never go to heaven, never be saved, never give the gospel contemplation time. Why do you invite people to church? If they'll come to church and listen to the preaching of the Bible, I'm going to say four times, give them four times, it'll change them. I believe in the, in the power of the preached word, the foolishness of preaching saved them that believe. My mother-in-law, as you know the story, she sat in preaching for around six months. And she got saved. Now we're talking about a woman who was so blind, so dead to the gospel. And she was 80 years old when she got saved. And she really got it. She wanted to know the books of the Bible, learned the books, of the 66 books of the Bible, learned where to find all the books. And it was amazing to watch God do that work with her. She stayed with us about three years, did a miracle. But I heard this the first time there, God is good. And no, I've heard God is good before, but I never heard God is good all the time. All the time. God is good all the time. Now, that may not sound too profound, right? But really, there's a lot of profundity in it. Because all the time means all the time. And all the time can have a lot of impact. Well, these are, this, this thing, the idea of God being good is actually a foundation, what I call foundational truth, that you and I must nail down in order to successfully live the Christian life and end well. Now, if you don't nail it down, you can you cannot live the Christian life well and stumble and fall and have all kinds of trouble and be saved as by fire. You don't want to be that way. You don't want to be those folks saved as by fire. As Job would say, saved by the skin of your teeth. That comes out of the book of Job. I didn't know teeth had a skin. Saved by the skin of your teeth. That's what Job said. Well, Foundational truth to build on. O taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That's really the summation of your whole life right there. That is what God's doing in your life, in my life. He's doing that right there. Taste is your life. Taste and see means your life lived out. That's your day-by-day life. Taste and see. You're experientially You're learning about God experientially, not by intellectually. A lot of people have intellectual idea who God is and what he is, but they do not have experiential. But God always wants to transfer from the head to the heart. He always wants it to go from intellectual to experiential. That's what God's doing. He's causing you to experience. I'm talking about born-again believers here tonight. He's causing you to experience what it is to know him. And that know, if you look the word up, I believe it's gnosko, it means to learn by experience. 
not learn up here. And so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. Even asking to die like Jesus tells me how mature Paul was at the writing of the book of Philippians. What in the world? You're going to ask to die like Jesus died? I make him be conformed? That's big. It's one thing to say it, right? Well, Paul got his will. He got beheaded. But he got he also got whipped and whipped and whipped and whipped and whipped. In fact, he got whipped more than Jesus got whipped. When when God when God called Paul, he says, I'm going to show him what great things he must suffer for my namesake. Great things. When God uses the word great, and when you read what Paul went through, you'd have to say that's beyond belief that a human being could even endure that kind of treatment. Even even one time, but not three, not five different times. You know, three times and three, two. He, he, when he was whipped, it was scar tissue. His back was solid scar tissue. And then they would break that open with a new weapon. And he would have scar tissue on scar tissue on scar tissue. on. I mean, that's the way it was. Yeah. Never got bitter. How did he stop from getting bitter? He believed God was good. He tasted. And his taste was different than my taste, and your taste is different than mine, and we all got different lives we live, right? But when you taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Ultimately, you'll have to walk by faith. God will not allow you to get out of here without walking by faith. As I mentioned before about faith, I think it was at the funeral too, faith is uh, faith of the eyes in which we see the invisible with. You can't see the invisible without faith. The world doesn't see faith. They think we're crazy. That's because they're not saved. They don't have spiritual understanding, and they don't have faith. But faith, you can see the invisible everywhere. I see the invisible kingdom everywhere. Everywhere I look, I see it. I see the animals, and I see the birds and the trees, and I say, God set me in this environment, and he's put all of this around me, and he's, he's seeing how I react, you know, and, and I'm under a test every day. To see if I'll try, do what? Trust him. I got to move on because there's much more here. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Oh, my brother, that's health and wealth. God wants me to prosper and wants me to be healthy. Uh, that's God's definition of any good thing. That's not your definition of any good thing. And his definition of any good thing is the invisible. He wants the invisible to be good. He wants your spirit to be good. But he really doesn't have a whole lot of regard about your body. Now, I know how we love our body. Oh, we want to be comfortable. If it's a little too cold in here, these old girls are on me like Flynn. Boy, now it's a little chilly in here. I'll say, wear, look at me. Look at me. Look at me, Wendy. Wear a coat. You got bare Legs from the knee down, you got bare shell. You know, you think it's, of course it's cold in here. Because otherwise I'd be up here miserable and these men would be somewhere else. It'd be all women. No wonder church is filled with women. They keep it too warm. You keep a church 68 degrees, the men will show up. There's more truth in that than you know. Build your foundation on a rock. The devil will seek to pervert everything God has done and who he is. That's his goal. Some examples, what you see right now. 
I feel like Lot felt in some degree when he was in Sodom. My heart is vexed. The word vexed, and brother strange, you know this, is the same word about being tormented in hell. Same word. My heart is tormented by the ungodly behavior, by the, by the news media, by what's on TV. I just almost can't stand it. I've had to limit my exposure so that I don't just go crazy. Gender. It shouldn't even be discussed. It shouldn't even be brought up as a subject. It is a mental illness. If you think you can change sexes, you're loonier than a toonie. You are loony, man. You're loony. Go anywhere in the world and look at all the animals and what they do and how they do it. And it's male, female, male, female. Now you say, oh, oh there's a certain biological creature. That is, oh, stop. You never, make a, you never make a conclusion on the exception. You always make it on the rule. And the rule is nothing gets reproduced without male, female, and nobody changes. There's biological foundational differences between men and women that are way past what we look like and what organs you may have. It's on the, it's on the genetic level. It's on the cellular level. It can't be changed. I've learned, I, now, that's not just me. That's listening to medical doctors that deal with the genetics and all their conclusions are the same. This is, in, this is, this is the devil trying to, stop, trying to break the foundations. If the foundations be destroyed, what should the righteous do? You need the foundations to be a Christian and to multiply. We need them. We need the foundations to be in place. Gender, sexuality—that's like. I think it was the great state of Vermont was the first state to legalize homosexual marriage. Shame on the Vermont people. Shame on them. Not not the conservative ones, but the liberals. Then the Supreme Court, didn't the Supreme Court vote on that and said it was, it was okay? I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm vexed right at this moment. Supposedly your wisest people on, on your country said, uh, oh, that's okay. Uh, marriage for, for life, he tries to destroy that with only one man and woman, order of family. I mean, it's one wife for life. You want to know what the Bible teaches? It's one wife for life. It's one man for life if you're married to a woman. That's it. If it goes bad, you try to stick with him, torment his soul. The worship of one true God. The creation. Man, they've attacked, they've attacked creation so bad. We, I mean, every corner, every little corner you go into, they'll teach evolution, evolution, evolution. Any, any national park, I've been to most all of the national parks. Kathy, we've been to all the national parks. We may have one or two we didn't go to, but we're not. There's 50 of them, I believe, but we were to almost all of them. And I mean, every one of them got a little video you go in there and watch evolution, 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 evolution. I'm like, who makes the rules? Well, it's not Christians. You can tell that this is not our country. You can tell it's their country. They make the rules. And so you see creation messed with. Supernatural. Miracles. They want to deny everything in the Bible supernatural. 
oh, Jonah was not swallowed by anything. He got nothing being lived three days. Night. Well, I think he actually died in, in there and was resurrected. That even makes it bigger. Some theologians may say he wasn't. He didn't die. But Jesus says, like as Jonah was in the bed, so am I. I say, well, Jesus, we know, did die. And so I, why not? Why didn't Jonah? Jonah that's why they come. Well, but Jonah died too. It was three nights, three days in the welly. In the welly. Welly is a is a figure of speech meaning the whale's belly. Do not write that down. Hey, I'm losing it. I, I know. The welly. Supernatural miracles, etc. I'm going on now after all that. In life, the devil will seek to convince you. He will. God is not real. God is not good. I had a young teenage girl come to me four or five months ago and say, I'm I'm doubting whether God's real or not. I go, ooh, I wonder where that's coming from. Well, what's my solution to that? What would you recommend if somebody came to you and says, I doubt whether God's real? Well, my solution is remember, memorize scripture, specific scripture that talks about God and his existence and who he is. You memorize those and put them in your mind and wash over them, and God will give you an assurance that you've lost. You've got to get back to the book. You're vulnerable without the book. You're extremely vulnerable. Cannot stand on your own. The devil, if you sat across the table from the devil, and if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you'd be on his side. Guarantee you you'd be on his side. He'd make such a good case for what he is and how he's been abused by God and how God never was good and da-da-da-da-da. You'd be saying, well, you know, that makes sense to me. But the only reason you don't is the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God. That's the only reason you don't. So you ought to be in the book. Uh, God, he'll say God's not good. God's not powerful. God's, God's not holy. Oh, no. God doesn't care about you. I've heard all these, by the way. I've heard verbalized. God is not, is not knowable. You can't know God. That's uh, uh, agnostic. Nothing's really knowable. You really can't know for sure, but you can. The Bible is not God's word. Oh, my goodness, is that under attack? There's a whole library of stuff that they're trying to make out that the Bible's. Or if they, if they can't stop it, they'll try to just make. You know, there's 235 New Testament versions of the English Bible now. Which one is the word and words of God? Bible says, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Bible says that my words do not pass away. Heaven and earth pass away. My words do not pass away. He never was talking about the NIV. That for sure. Because they use phrases. and they, The NIV is a woman chewing the food and feeding her, feeding her baby. If you want somebody to chew your food first, spit it on the plate and give it to you, then read the NIV. Because that's what it is. It's an approximate, it's an approximate translation. You need a word-for-word -word translation. I highly recommend the King James Bible myself. I think that's the best. That's something 400 years. Man, something God's used for 400 years. I'm not leaving it. Are you crazy? I ain't leaving it for some, for some, uh, 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 let me get my word right here, chicky do. I'm not leaving my Bible. I'm not leaving the Bible that God's blessing had every revival in English-speaking people. Every revival's been through the King James Bible. I'm not going to leave it for some chicky dude that just rose up. Oh, it's easy reading, preacher. 
you could use a little hard reading. Everything's got to be easier, 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 easier. Where does that lead? Lazy, no good, bum. That's where that leads. Jesus is not man, God manifest the flesh. Oh, that's been attacked. Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, and Seventh-day Adventists, and others just attacked the deity of Christ. He's attacked in every, every, every direction he's attacked him. But he was. God manifest the flesh. He couldn't, he had to be, or the statements he made could have never been said. Nobody but God could say what Jesus said. You read it with a thought in mind that, could he really say that? Can't do it unless he was God. God does not care about sin much. I had somebody who was uh, getting ready to commit adultery with another man's woman. He was married and getting ready to commit adultery with another man's woman. And so I knew it. It was very vivid and open. And I said, this is wicked sin against God. And he said, ah, oh, you know, you make too much of it. God really don't care that much about it. This somebody had been in church for 40 years. You tell me the devil can't deceive you? Well, all I can tell you, he ain't saying that today. God is a patsy. Basically an old man that's kind of senile. You know how old man, you know how old grandpas are, grandma and grandpas. You know, they they take the kids and spoil them to death. They never did that to their own kids. They didn't do that to their kids, buddy. They had to finish their plate and eat their food and eat their peas and put them. But oh, grandkids, oh, I'll spoil the devil. I never spoiled my grandkids. I got my kids here. They ain't spoiled. They barely wanted to come see me. He's going to try to get you to you'll, you'll punish. Uh, God really won't punish sin. He's not. He's not. Only a loving God would. No way. He's going to overlook it. He's going to go easy on me. You don't know the Old Testament if you say that. You are only reading the New Testament if you think God's easy on sin. And you also have ignored Calvary because he took his only precious begotten son and had him scourged and his beard plucked out and hung naked in front of a public highway, cursed, mocked, spit on, slapped, hit with fists, and then eventually crucified. That's what he thought about sin. You want to know about sin? Look at Calvary. But you also want to know about God's view of sin? Look at the Old Testament. Look at the Old Testament. One place in the Old Testament, they did something wrong, 70,000 people died. Another place they did something wrong, 23,000 people died. You say, what kind of a God is He? He's holy. He don't mess with sin. Boy, people got a misunderstanding who God is. But that's the devil. Uh, that's just to list a few, by the way. He can, uh, how can we combat this onslaught of deception? The key is the Bible and the Holy Spirit I mentioned before. For the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. What he said unto you to the, in the context of this was, was his word. So you can't bring something to your remembrance if you don't read it. In, the, in this case, they heard it. But in your case, you read it. 
So if you read the Bible, then the Holy Spirit can bring it into your memory. If you don't read the Bible, there's no promise for you. You're a victim looking for a place to happen. What, what has God said unto you? The Bible is God talking to us. Prayer is us talking to God. You cannot survive well if you do not know the Bible. You must know what God has to tell you to obey it and to survive well and to combat the deception of the devil. He, he the Bible says in Revelation 12, 9, he deceiveth the whole world. He is a master. He is good about it at that. He is, he is the best of the best. You can't stand up before him and before his minions. You can't stand up with him. He'll have you thinking gender, transgender, everything's fine. People can choose their gender, whatever morning they get up in the morning and feel like it. That's what he's got them. They're acting like fools. He's playing with them like a cat plays with a mouse. He's got them, he's got them believing that, that you actually can decide what gender you are and all that other stuff. He actually has got them, got them believing that homosexual couples can exist, not for long. If you took a nation of homosexuals, they'd be dead in 75 years. They'd be all dead. God is good all the time, period. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trust in him. Some definitions of good. He is good when you suffer personal loss. Some of you people in this room, because you're older, you understand personal loss. You understand it. He's good when you go bankrupt. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're getting ready for a downturn. I'm not a, I'm not a doomsdayer. I don't, I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm always hopeful. But I've been around for about five recessions. And this smells like a recession, looks like a recession. I'm talking a mean one. They call it a correction if you want to be nice about it. Uh, the, the houses here were never worth what they've sold for. And they're going to be worth half of that in a few years. And you they got money? Buy, 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 because they'll be laying everywhere. I want to buy a new truck. I'm just waiting to where the repossessions start coming up. Uh, it's, like, it's like a predator waiting for the animal to get weak. It's sad, isn't it? Sad. But right now I'm fixing my truck up because right now everything's real good and everything's real expensive, but pretty soon. And I'm not a doom I hope it don't I hope it don't happen. God forbid, I, I, I don't like recessions. It's horrible. It's awful. It, people lose their houses. They're out on the street. They're out. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But it's inevitable, predictable. Just like we're going to have a hurricane someday. Force 5 hurricane hit our area dead on. If you move to Florida, let me give you the good news. Someday that's going to happen. It may not be in your lifetime. It only happens three times in 100 years. But the last one we had was 1960. Oh, somebody was tapping me on the shoulder. I thought it was time to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'd be like to, I would like to finish this. But it is good when you get cancer. You get cancer. Now I've experienced some of this. Uh, cancer, you know, the, the most distressing time for me with cancer was when I had the melanoma. I had cancer of the thyroid 28. But normally it's not life-threatening. You know, it metastasized a little bit. They took it out. They radiated me real heavy. 
and kill everything. Evidently, it works here I am. But the, the melanoma, that's another animal. That's a killer. And I, when I had that in my right ear, I thought, man, I don't want to lose my ear. And the doctor talked me into letting him take it. He says, you're gone in two years. I said, well, let's take it off. And then he said, you only you got five, you got only you got ninety five percent chance of never coming back. I'm I'm good with that. People say I'm good with that until that five percent looks pretty big to me. But anyway, it's okay. But God's good. God's good when your mate dies young, and when she dies old, or when he dies young or dies old. I knew a woman in his church. Her husband died, and she was a widow. This is Grandma Cooper. She was a widow, I'm thinking, 34 years. You've been a widow about a year, a little over a year. 34 years. 34 years a widow. I think that may have been as long as she was married. I have some of you women. We've had women in here that have been widowed as long as they were married. God's still good. you got cancer. God's good. God's good. You'll know someday. It'll be, you'll be satisfied as you trust God. Remember, we started out with that verse, trust the Lord. You trust God, you'll be satisfied someday that he was good. You'll be vindicated. He is good when your wife and husband leaves you. He is good when you get crippled. He's good when you suffer daily pain, which is real common. I've known people with bad necks, bad necks, ruptured discs, stuff like that. And they just, every day, they're in agony in their neck. Every day. Back, lower lumbar. My dad suffered 15 years. Horrible pain. I watched him roll around on the floor. He had a kidney stone, which took his kidney out. He rolled around on the floor again when he had that happen. And that boy went through some tough stuff. But he never doubted God was good. God's good. He's good through all of that. By the way, he's not in pain anymore. He is good when you're hated without a cause. I'll tell you a story that happened to me this, this afternoon. I went to Pete. We go, we go over here to 7-Eleven, and we order health food. We order pizza. And Chris and Thomas and I usually eat pizza before Wednesday night service because we can't get away, don't want to go home. And so we, I went in there, and I ordered this big line of people, five o'clock, big line of people, you know, and they're buying stuff. And I wait my turn in line, and I said, I'd like a full pizza cook. And here's the money we paid for it ahead of time. Then I stand back and wait for a cooker. You believe this? They cook a full pizza in, two, was it two minutes? Two minutes, and it's a good pizza. Chris likes it. Thomas likes it. We like it. But we like junk food. But we like it. And so I went in there, and I, 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 the woman, I went to the counter, and the woman was busy, you know. And I said, but my pizza's over there, you know. And, and uh, the woman had taken the pizza out of the oven and just sat on the table. I don't know about you, but I don't like cold pizza. Some people like cold pizza. Me, if it's if it gets so cold, throw it away. So I sat there and I sat there, and the guy said, you, "Are you waiting? No, go ahead. You waiting? No, go ahead. You waiting? No, go ahead." A full five minutes goes by. It's setting out in the air. So I'm thinking, you know, I should take the pizza when she gives it to me and just throw it on the floor. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take a pizza, take it out of the box face down on the floor and say, you can keep the pizza. But anyway, I'm a pastor. Things were viewed in my mind like, you know, you're a preacher and a gospel witness and probably shouldn't do all that. But I had to talk myself down off the cliff on that. 
I was wanting to be a, uh, so I said, I said to her, I, I didn't see anybody. The girl that put it in the oven was gone. So I walked behind the counter and I looked over my left and she was standing there chatting with a guy. I said, ma'am, my pizza's getting cold. Could you box that up and give it to him? All she had to do was put it in the box and give it to him. She said, well, you know, I was talking to a manager here. I said, okay, okay. She says, I want you to back up. You're, you're in our territory. I said, okay, I'll back up. And she says, uh, I said, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I don't like cold pizza. She says, I don't want you coming back here ever again. I said, what? I said, you're not, that's not going to happen. She said, my dad owns this. I said, your dad owns this? I said, yeah. She said, you're never going to come back here again. I don't want you to come back here again. I said, I'll tell your dad that. When we buy about 1,000 gallons of diesel fuel there, also, he may not like that, that you told me not to come back. But anyway. I did not give her a gospel track. But anyways, uh, <laughs> she said, my dad doesn't like you either. Can you imagine that? <laughs> now, why wouldn't they like me? They don't know me. I haven't had enough conversation with them to worry about it. I bought a lot of stuff there. Done, we patronize them. The whole church patronizes them. It could it be that we leave gospel tracts at the gas pump? Could it be they say Gospel Baptist Church on them? I happen to have a Gospel Baptist shirt on. Could it be that it was the persecution wasn't about me asking her to put that pizza in a box, which was reasonable? Could it be that she just hates Christians? They're persecuted more than you think. But sometimes people hate you without a cause. They don't even have to have it. If you're just a born-again Christian, they don't like you. He's good when your friends forsake you. He's good when you're falsely accused. He's good when you suffer chastisement. Boy, God's done that for me. He's good when you have no friends. No friends. Teenagers, I got no friends. You keep acting like that, you're never going to have any. But anyway, the more you want friends, the less you have. The less you, have fr- the less you want friends, the more friends you'll have. The Bible says that to have friends, you must be friendly. So if nobody's asking you out to eat, ask some people out to eat. Don't wait for them. Ask them out. Eventually, people will be asking you to go, and you'll have friends. You'll be all happy, and everything will be wonderful. God is good all the time. About done. For a just man falls seven times, rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. What should we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? How is that so? How do we know that God is for us? Four ways. Verse 32, he spared not his own son for us. God is the one who justified us. Christ is making intercession for us, and nothing can separate us from God, not even you. I was born to Orion Lorraine Langtail. I don't care how much I want that not to be true. It's true. I was born from above by the Holy Spirit. When I put my childlike faith in Jesus Christ, I don't no matter how, what place I get to where I don't like that, it's still true. And he's my father. So he's going to take care of me. He's good. Belief in God's goodness is essential. Essential. Delight thyself, Lord. He'll give you the desires of thine heart. Commit that way to the Lord. Trust also in him. He'll bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness and the light. Thy judgment is the noonday. This is a promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. 
Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear you not, therefore ye are more valuable than many sparrows. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. For most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, and the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you believe this? Trials and tribulations will come your way to test your faith in the goodness of God. Understand the facts of the Bible, determine to rest on them. Blindly trust in God, and you will see He is good all the time. Some of you know where that phrase comes from. Some of you know where that phrase comes from. Do you know that's not a Christian phrase? It's not a Christian phrase. Made a movie a few years ago called The Mummy. It was made in the 20s or 30s originally. And it was a remake of the movie in the 20s and 30s, The Mummy. And when the guy, the bad guy, it goes to the afterworld, he says this statement. He says, death is just the beginning. See, the, even the Egyptians believed that. Death was a door to another world. It's worldwide hell. That there's something beyond this life. Of course, we know what it is. And may you be there. May you know what it is too. Father, thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you for the Word of God. We can stand on it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.